Daniel chapter 9, picking up where we left off last Lord's Day. Daniel chapter 9. Again, as we gather together for prayer, to pray with one accord, to pray with unified hearts, we come to God's Word, and we're in a season right now looking at some of the great prayers of the Bible uh, because they are applicable not only to the day in which they were uh, prayed, but because the nature of man does not change because of the struggles, because no temptation has overtaken us, but such as is common to Christians in the first century or in B.C., we can echo these prayers to God. And they've been recorded for us that we might have a more biblical, God-honoring understanding of how to approach our God in prayer. And Daniel gives us a, a wonderful God-honoring prayer in Daniel chapter 9. I remind you that the context of this prayer, uh, God's people have been in Babylonian exile for nearly 70 years. They're in exile because of their sin against God, because God had spoken to them and commanded them and called them to repentance, called them to return to the God of the Bible, to return to the true and living God in faithfulness, in love, in devotion, and they did not. They continued in their drift away from him, and the, the, the punishment of God was exile, and so they've been in exile for some 70 years, but Daniel uh, in a position of leadership, has taken up God's word. He's, he's seeking God in the word and comes upon Jeremiah's prophecy where Jeremiah prophesies about this exile, again, speaking of God's sovereignty over all things, and shows that God intends this exile to last 70 years. So time is almost up. And so now understanding that God is about to send his people back into a covenant relationship with him that back into that that place of Jerusalem to give them back the home that was theirs Daniel is seeking the face of God on behalf of the people because he's aware not much has changed in the life of the people idolatry and drift away so he's seeking the Lord on behalf of the people Daniel chapter 9 we'll begin reading once again in verse 1 and we'll read this morning to verse 19 pay attention to the prayer and the focus of it Verse 1, in the first year of Darius, the son of Hasuerus, by descent a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Then... I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame, as at this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame. To our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. 
and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in His laws, which He set before us by His servants, His prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against Him. And He has confirmed His words, which He spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. And as it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, and yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that He has done, and we have not obeyed His voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought Your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for Yourself, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, According to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill. Because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now therefore, O God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, Make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Oh Lord, hear, oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not. For your own sake, O oh my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Daniel, as many others in the Bible, give us a God-honoring approach to prayer. What we see in Daniel's prayer, we can pull out of many other prayers and see some of the, the basic nature of true biblical prayer. We looked at two of the pieces of the puzzle last week. Biblical prayer begins with a reverence for God. And you see that saturating this prayer. Go back to verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments. As we turn to the Lord together this morning, is He that God to you? Any other approach to this God that doesn't have that kind of reverence is not praying that honors the Lord. The second thing we saw last week, the confession of sin. D Daniel recognizes the sin that still exists in the people of God. They've been in exile all this time, and yet instead of learning the lesson and returning to the God, they continue in their waywardness. And so you see Daniel spends most of this prayer confessing the sins of the people. Verse 5, we've sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from thy commandments. And he repeats that numerous times in this prayer, a confession of sin. 
Daniel's just said, we have great guilt before you, the awesome and righteous God. And this guilt has brought real shame before us. And this morning, I want us to look at the three other pieces of biblical prayer here. We see an acknowledgement of God's righteousness and justice and all that he does. So reverence for God, confession of sin. The third thing, his acknowledgement of God's righteousness. God, you were right to punish us. You were right to send us into exile. The fourth thing we see, a specific request for mercy. God, we're asking you. We haven't earned your favor. We're still, we're still struggling. We cry out to you for mercy, which leads to the fifth thing. An appeal on the basis of God's glory. An appeal for mercy, recognizing God's righteousness, recognizing God's reverence. An appeal, the ultimate ground of why we're seeking your face together is for your glory. So how do we take this prayer of Daniel, which was prayed, you know, a thousand years ago. Well, excuse me, more than that, over 2,000 years ago. How do we take this prayer of Daniel and appropriate it to our lives? Well, I think the words of one commentator are helpful. One commentator writes this about the desolation of Jerusalem for which Daniel is praying. This commentator is, the desolation and ruin of Jerusalem and the captivity of Israel and Babylon are pictures of the church today. Let me say that again. The ruin and desolation of Jerusalem and their captivity of Israel and Babylon are pictures of the church today. There are pockets of life, pockets of purity, pockets of depth, Pockets of faithfulness, pockets of power, pockets of zeal, pockets of love for Jesus. But much of the Christian movement today has become a desolation of disobedience, disunity, dishonor to the name of Jesus Christ. So the way Daniel prays for the desolation and the ruin of Jerusalem is a pointer for how we can pray for the desolation of our own, of our church. Seeking the face of God. We too, like your people, have drifted away from our king. Have drifted away from the glory of God. From a life of zealous faithfulness and obedience in thought, in word, in deed, in heart. We've drifted. And we cry out to you, you are righteous. You are righteous to bring discipline to the life of your church, of your people. And forgive us, like Israel, they didn't learn the lesson. You intend discipline for the purpose of loving us to bring us back to you, to cause us to repent, to see we are the ones who have brought this upon ourselves because of our coldness and our dullness toward you, because we have failed to understand that Christ is all, because we have failed to understand that, that true worship is a life of devotion, not a Sunday morning, a life of devotion to Jesus Christ as King. We have failed to appropriate that, so we... What was the next thing? We pray for mercy. Restore us. Restore us. What does Daniel pray in verse 17? Maybe this morning you want to take this part of the prayer and make it your own. Verse 17, now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. What's his prayer there? His prayer is, God, return our hearts to you by mercy. 
We, we, we constantly, we've heard your prophets come and bring your message of a life lived unto you. We've rejected their message. We've rejected them. Some of them we've had killed. But Father, we're in the wrong. We have turned against your message. Turn our hearts to you, God. By mercy, turn our hearts to you. Restore the purity of our worship to you. Help us to see Christ in the fullness of all that he is. That all that your word says about Christ and all that your messengers tell us about the beauty of Christ, that we would see for ourselves. Do we pray that God would manifest himself to us in this way? And as we pray, the recurring appeal of why we pray this prayer is, what do we see there in verse 18 and 19? Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that is called by your name. We do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness. We're needy children. We've not done anything except earn your justice because you are righteous. But we approach you because of your great mercy. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake for your glory. This morning, as we seek the Lord together, God is committed to us because he has given us by grace his name and God is ultimately committed to himself, his glory, to himself. And so, Lord, we, we seek you in the name of Jesus Christ, carrying his name. Do it for your glory because the name you've given us is your name. Restore to us purity. Restore to us a desire for you. Lord, turn our hearts to you again. Do you see how this is a powerful prayer for us to pray together this morning with unified hearts? What's true of every church is true of us. We've recently been looking at the seven churches of Asia Minor. What's true of those, the flaws and the weaknesses, every one of those are true in this church and in every church. This is an appropriate prayer for us to pray. God, we've drifted. We've compromised. We've allowed false teaching to come in. We've disrupted the purity of the gospel that Christ is all. Now for your glory, for our joy, turn our hearts back to Christ. For your glory, for the glory of Christ, do it. Is that our great desire as we pray?